Yeah, but do you know how much time I have to, like, I'm always at your house if you live far away. Yeah, but if you go and move by the sea, how are you going to get here? I was going to move by the sea just during our breaks. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Welcome to Is This Working? A podcast that questions how modern work impacts our lives. The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrarado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. This show isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. Tiffany. Hi Anna, how are you? Obviously last week we talked about getting back into the swing of work. How have you found getting back to work in January 2020? I actually think talking about how to get back to work before getting back to work really helped me get into the swing of things because when I started working I felt a lot more productive than I think I normally would have done having not actually given it thought um and I think also because we had a really good warm-up of recording a podcast episode the day before I sort of officially sat back at my desk that really helped warm my brain up yeah same I definitely found getting back to work a bit of a relief actually I keep thinking about what you said about that communal enforced relaxation and you know, I don't like to, what to do what everyone else is doing. So, um, but anyway, beyond us, I had some really cool feedback from our dear friend, Jess, who said that after listening to last week's episode, it made her think about how she was going to send her first email to her colleagues that Monday morning. And she decided to acknowledge the shift in gear our brains need to make and make it like less pressured so she said that if she hadn't listened to the podcast she thinks her tone would have been a bit more overly upbeat pressurizing everyone to be back on like you can imagine like hey everyone um but she said people everyone replied to her email saying gosh it'll be so nice to ease back into things together and what I love about that obviously is um it's nice that someone's listening to the podcast but also (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you get people to think and go to work and act a bit differently in a more compassionate way particularly if you're a leader I think that's such a good result of us chatting about getting back into the swing of things really yeah exactly I mean there we go 2020 is already done and dusted we've achieved everything we need to achieve Um, no not quite so what are we talking about today then we're talking about saying no and why it's such a hard thing for us to do yeah so boundaries basically how to set them why we need them exactly and it's definitely a bit of a buzzword boundaries these days so when did you last say no but yesterday um i got asked to go onto a right-wing radio show to talk about a very hot button news topic and for context i got the email about seven or eight o'clock at night and they were asking me to come on I mean I think it was just a phoner but they wanted me on air at something like seven seven o'clock in the morning um 
But my first instinct when I got that email was to say yes, because we're told that these sorts of quote unquote opportunities are good for us and it's really good to raise your profile. And it was a fairly large radio, it's a, it's a really big radio station. So it felt like I should say yes to it and that I should be grateful for the opportunity and I should do it. But then when I actually thought about it, I realized that they want me to come on the show to talk about an inflammatory topic. And it's also it happens to be a topic that isn't even really that relevant to me. Um, and not to mention, I'd have to get up early, start my day by having an antagonistic conversation with someone who I don't really respect. Like, no, thank you. Um, and that's exactly what I said. I said, no. How did it feel to say no? It felt really good. Um, I did actually have to seek counsel before before saying no I asked um a couple of fellow journalist friends about whether I should do it but it very much sort of looking back on that I realized that I needed someone just to tell me what I already knew which is that I wanted to say no but yeah I mean put it this way when I woke up this morning at 8 a.m and I could just start my day peacefully with my cup of tea and planning my day out rather than waking up at quarter to seven to get on the radio and be yelled at I do feel much better for that it's funny because that's it's that immediate reaction is to say yes and when you said that asking people if it's okay to say no reminds me of my own story of saying no when I sought consultation from you and when I so I'm, I'm going to use a dating example and the reason I'm going to use that is because when I wrote my dating article for Refinery29, Laura Yates, who's a dating coach, said something that's really stuck with me, which was that dating can be a really good way for, to, for us to establish our boundaries and to be really clear on what we want and what we will and won't tolerate. And I keep thinking about that all the time. And I do see dating as an amazing playground for that because there's so much bad behavior. But what um, the story I was going to tell is that I went on this date, which was enjoyable, but he was also a bit bizarre. <laughs> and he was very pressured as we were leaving the date being like, I want to go for dinner with you on Saturday. Do, do you want to see me again? And I felt a bit like, well, I'm not really ready to make this decision in the moment. And I felt quite pressured. And the second I got home, he had texted saying, where do you, where can I take you on Saturday? Oh, not where can I take you, but um, can I take you out on Saturday night, whatever. And I messaged you because obviously you're on WhatsApp speed message ready and waiting for me to come home for dates and you helped me compose a text which was essentially like um I've had a think and I don't see this going anywhere nice to meet you all that kind of chat um and he's fine I'm sure he continues to be fine and then it turned out that that Saturday night where I might have been on that second date with someone that wasn't right I went on a really really great first date um what happened next is a story for another day but I guess saying no does open the opportunity for something much better and also even though I needed to consult you because it feels so unnatural to us at the same time it feels so good when you do it and just to be direct and honest with people just feels really I feel like I protected myself from something as well and like self-respect yeah and there's that feeling of you kind of feel to start with you feel quite proud of yourself which I think says a lot about the fact that we're just not used to flexing that no muscle and then also there's just a relief so you know knowing that 
if you don't want to go on a date with someone and you just say no to them and especially if you say no to them quite quickly then you can because you I remember we had this conversation about whether or not you should say no to him that night and I bet that meant that you could just go to bed that night and it's like that that thing has been taken care of now and you don't have to worry about it you don't have it hanging over your head for another for another couple of days or whatever it might be um but it is really interesting how in both of our stories we had to seek external support to tell us something that we already knew the answer to well that's exactly it and what i've noticed with my nephew who's one and a half years old is he says no all the time and children say no constantly so when does it become do we become programmed to fear saying no i think that's a really interesting question to explore and that we will in today's episode enjoy using expression I will not participate in which is a more grandiose way of saying no and you've heard me say it such as if a couple are arguing about something but I'll be like I will not participate in this and then I feel like I'm like floating away but I actually read that couple as when me and Chris were arguing a party about whether or not he should be allowed a cigarette but thanks for airing our dirty laundry I wasn't gonna (laughs) say I hang out with other couples it could be anyone um anyway I will not participate in your uh whatever (laughs) um but I've actually stolen that expression from Brene Brown who Brene Brown is a researcher and storyteller who talks a lot about vulnerability and shame and she says that none of these things vulnerability or connection with others can't happen without boundaries and even just whenever she's telling a story she often says that she very clearly and firmly says to people I will not participate in this and she says that in all her research the thing that she's found most shocking is she's found that the most compassionate people are the ones who set the boundaries like the clearest boundaries yeah and she talks about boundaries as respect and how we i guess it's what we're talking about with the kid and adult thing we are not comfortable setting boundaries because we naturally want everyone to like us and we don't really want to disappoint people but actually she says that leads to anger and resentment whereas the people who are the most loving and generous are actually really good at saying no essentially so does she have or do you have an example of what something like that would look like what what is an example of a compassionate person setting a good boundary one of the stories that Brene Brown tells and I think she told this one when she was a guest on Russell Brand's podcast is she said that there were she has a holiday party every year and there was a woman who turned up and gets really really drunk and and she found it very uncomfortable in front of her kids and everything like that and so she before the party she went round to the woman's house and she said I would absolutely love you to come uh you're a really great friend but if you come please don't drink because when you drink you always get very very drunk and it's very uncomfortable for everybody else and um I you know I don't I don't want you to come if you're going to do that and then the woman just was like your parties are really boring anyway I don't want to come and so fine she ended up not coming but you know if you think about if you're hosting a party and how actually that is quite stressful if someone's 
acting or behaving in a certain way so that is a self-preservation thing because now you're hosting your party and you don't need to worry about this person who is acting acting out or whatever it might be so that's one story she tells um i'm sure she's got many many others i mean it's the reason i was asking is because those kinds of boundaries are actually i mean it it must be have been really hard for her to go around to that person's house and say that but at the same time in the long run it is a really it's actually an act of kindness both to her friend and also to herself you know from for herself in the from the point of view that she's already stressed by having the party and she wants to look after the welfare of the other guests but to the friend because she's essentially communicating to her friend that her drinking is really impacting her to the point that she's asked her not to do it in this particular social circumstance nonetheless that must have been a really really hard conversation to have and I think that kind of ties back to this kind of whole thing that we're talking about which is we find setting boundaries difficult we find saying no difficult because it is actually just a very difficult and hard thing to do and it asks us to put ourselves in situations that make us feel uncomfortable and to have tough conversations and often um, with people either really close to us or in professional context obviously which is you know of course that's what we're going to be talking more about because this is obviously a work podcast but um, nonetheless like the example you used about dating you know setting boundaries in a romantic context asks kind of does ask you to tap into some vulnerability as well yeah and and as you say it is a really hard thing to do but I think with the Brene Brown example it's an extremely difficult conversation but the reality is the act of saying no to most people in most contexts isn't actually that hard like you send a whatsapp message you just emailed the tv producer yesterday it's not the same as going around to a friend's house and saying something as impactful as that um and yet i think even people in both social and work do struggle to just send an email or a message that might say no reasonably um in situations that you've found it hard to say no what has been what do you think has been the reason that you've been struggling to send that email i think that me and you are quite different in the sense that you find it easier to say no in social contexts than I do at work I've always been really good at setting boundaries and you know I will not tolerate um I you know I will not email at all hours or you know I've always been really good at that and yet in social contexts I found that much harder and social with saying no with regards to social things I guess it's hard to phrase it like how do you say like no I don't want to come to your party or I don't want to come to your event like it's not a priority but you don't you know it's definitely something I'm getting a lot better at doing and I think with the dating concept in particular it's almost like the confidence scale so like at work I'm really was really confident oh I'm really good at work and then I guess with dating was my kind of weakest point and then socially I'm not scared people won't stop being my friend anymore but it's not the same as you know, I'm doing a great job. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's a combination of like, not that natural thing we were talking about where we're almost programmed to always say yes, mixed with the admin or not knowing how to express it. Like I really needed you to help me write that text to that guy. And now I've got the template. It's really easy, but it's quite hard to 
know how to communicate that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting that you've picked up on this, how there's different types of boundaries or different settings in which boundary setting is easier or harder. So I sort of think of my, I guess, boundaries Achilles heel being actually in a work context and how you said that in a friendship context you find or social context you find it harder to set boundaries there I find it fairly or I find it easier than work um there have definitely been social occasions where I've just said no to things like parties that I've been invited to and sometimes not even given a reason um because I just didn't want to go for whatever for reasons that have nothing to necessarily do with the party they've got more there's more to do with my own personal reasons other things going on in my life or me just not feeling like going um and I've often and I don't really think twice about that and at least to my knowledge I haven't necessarily lost friendships over it I'm just scared of pissing people off though weirdly so this is exactly this is the thing is that I think that when I I think that's what this all comes down to because what I am scared of what I I do I work really hard to set boundaries at work but I have to work a lot harder to do that than I do in a social context and I think that I think it does come to this idea of come back to this idea of am I going to piss someone off if I if I do this if I say no if I kind of push back on this am I going to piss someone off and I guess in a work context I think am I going to piss them off and then am I going to lose this client or am I going to disappoint this person? Or I, I don't really know necessarily what my kind of thinking all the way through, what my real concern is. But um, yeah, I think that must be what, because I don't have that necessarily that worry with in friendships. Maybe I'm just being too um, <laughs> too fast and loose with my friendships. But, but I think also if I'm quite inspired by you. So if I see you say no to stuff, then I'm like, oh cool, then it's, you get used to it. And I do think there's a bit of a almost people pleasing epidemic, which I would define people pleasing as almost short term gain at the detriment of longer term benefits. So yes, someone will like me if I reply being like, yes, I really want to come to your party. Um, but longer term, what does that actually mean for myself and also our friendship anyway? So I think the fact that everyone's sort of not sort of a bit scared to set their own boundaries it's quite contagious yeah and I and I definitely think this plays out hugely in the workplace and you know you see it the the kind of the clearest example is the person who just gets asked by a co-worker or a colleague or a boss to just do this one extra thing or you know a client whoever it might be can 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 you just do this extra thing um can we just have this quick meeting can we just quickly catch up for this this and and suddenly all these things start piling on top of you that actually you saying yes to them all is really to your own detriment and going back to the kind of thing about people pleasing I think that the other way to think about this is when you say yes to things in a work context that really you don't have time or energy for or that you're not really going to do the best possible job that is to some that is to your own detriment and that is also to the other people who would have done a better job of it it's to their detriment as well so going back to this example I used at the beginning about being asked to go on this radio show because in the grand scheme of things going on big radio shows is perceived to be quote unquote prestigious I could go on this show and then I could go around saying oh you know I went on this on this talk show and I could sort of add that line on my CV or whatever or put it in my Twitter bio um but I would not have done a good job of it I would have not given it 
my I would have not put my best foot forward um, because it's not a topic that I'm actually particularly up to date on. It's not a topic I really cover. Um, There is someone else out there who is much better versed in this and who will do a better job of it and who will serve the listeners better um, and who for whom it actually is an opportunity that in the grand scheme of things will also do good for them. And people who kind of say yes to things that they shouldn't I think it does have, you know, it's about what are they, what are you then inadvertently saying no to? Exactly. And I think we need to look at what saying yes to everything means and the impact it has because Adam Grant, who is an organizational psychologist, says the best employees aren't the most agreeable ones. And even though the disagreeable ones might be tougher to work with, they're actually much more valuable and a bit less deceptive which again comes back to what Brené was saying about the problem is if you say yes to everything you build up resentment and anger and it's not good for anyone so I think next time you say no see it as a compassionate move. saying no is so hard I think it's a probably a really good idea for us to talk about some practical ways for us to get better at setting boundaries I always like to reframe everything so let's start with saying no is actually saying yes so when I'm saying no to a Saturday night date I don't want to go on I'm saying yes to a Saturday night date I might want to go on or indeed something else I want to do Uh, In a friendship context, if I'm saying no, and let's say they do end up annoyed with me and I lose them as a friend, (laughs) I'm making space to spend more time and energy in friendships that are meaningful. And in a work context, if I'm saying no to a project or client, I'm giving myself the gift of more focus to do better work in something that I want to do. And so again, that's saying yes. That really reminds me of a really great quote from James Clear, who is the author of Atomic Habits and who writes a lot about um, habit building. And he has said, no is a decision. Yes is a responsibility. Be careful what and who you say yes to, because it will shape your day, your career, your family, your life. And I think what you were just saying about how when you say no to one thing, you're potentially saying yes to something else. So, you know, you turn down one bad day on a Saturday night, opens the door for a better one. It's the same goes the other way around. If you were to have said yes to one bad day, you're shutting the door on that other possibility. So I think I think flipping that thing or flipping it around like that is a really good way to be thinking about it. Absolutely. And the other thing I think as well is we've touched on this but it's so driven by confidence and it's definitely worth analyzing that fear because when you said to me why does it why are you scared socially and you say out loud I'm worried I'll piss someone off it sounds so dumb and it doesn't matter if you piss people off so I definitely think analyzing that fear and where it comes from and if it probably comes from a place of insecurity 
and really seeking and in a way it's that fake it till you make it almost but confidence is something that is a constant practice and I do believe that if you actually are good at setting boundaries it makes you more attractive and desirable and having the confidence to say not reply to emails on a Sunday or whatever that might be in the work context that's basically you saying I'm good at my job I'm I'm great so I don't need to respond in the certain way that I don't want to Uh, That has actually made me think of a really clear and practical way that you can actually say no to a boss who's asking you for something really unreasonable, say, for example, responding to messages all the time or they expect you to, to reply to their messages on a Sunday. I think the key is you need to explain your priorities to to your boss or whoever it is that's asking you to do something that you want to say no to and also communicate the consequences of what doing that additional work or project or whatever it might be is so for example if you have a boss who's asking you to take on more work than you have the capacity to do if you say to them something along the lines of yeah okay I can take this on as a priority however that does mean that I won't be able to get this other task done for another two weeks because then this shifts my workload and again this kind of goes back to this idea of reframing things but it also kind of if you think about it as you know you parrot back to your boss language that they can understand um, you almost then can remove the need for the confidence because you don't actually it can feel really scary to say no but you're not actually saying no you're just helping them understand what else is going on in your workload absolutely and in a way that communication about what's the focus what's the priority should always be live in a company context anyway Uh, I also personally think that there are actually some things that you should always say no to so two key ones are unnecessary meetings and being available to respond to your emails and Slack messages 24-7. I couldn't agree more. And I think particularly when you're freelance, the unnecessary meeting thing becomes more apparent. But it also happens in the office life as well. And so I've one thing you could almost do is start the year with what am I going to say no to and write that sort of list, whether it's types of projects or behaviours. Because a lot of time wasting happens, I think. There's also, you know, the, the, the thing like unnecessary meetings, I think, is a really key one. And I think it's something that all of us, no matter what kind of work we do, suffer from. And one way to reduce those kinds of meetings is to say no with your calendar, which is something that I try to do. So I now use this thing called Calendly, which is a sort of way you can um, people can schedule time in with you so when I get asked for calls that are um, maybe not necessarily kind of they're sort of calls where someone really wants some something from me but isn't necessarily gonna benefit me in return um, I usually send a link to my Calendly which I've then blocked out time that I'm okay with giving up. So rather than just kind of saying, sure, you know, so if someone approaches me to ask me to um, do a call and I just said, sure, when would work for you? And they propose a time that's in the morning. Well, for me, the mornings are my prime writing time. Whereas I prefer to take those kinds of calls in the afternoon. In fact, I prefer to take all calls in the afternoon. And 
And so this way I have this link set up and I can send it to them and it only shows predetermined blocks of time and they're all in the afternoon and then they can schedule that in. And yeah, sure, that that meeting or that call might in the grand scheme of things, not it still might be a kind of distraction for me or might not serve me. But at least I've been able to kind of find a halfway house of doing it. You're outsourcing the, un- the discomfort of saying no, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's the same as when people get a fake email to chase invoices yeah. for them. It's yeah. getting rid of that discomfort, which why not? Yeah. And also like the kind of the key point also to emphasize is that sometimes you do have sometimes you can't say a flat out no so I'm not just going to go and turn down because you know to be clear I'm more than happy to if someone wants to call me up and ask me about um, how to break into freelancing or whatever it might be I'm more than happy to take that call it's just I can't I can't allow my calendar to be open to doing that any time of day you know five days a week when so you know I, I do have times that I just don't want to be on the phone and so this kind of allows you to um, basically set a soft boundary. Yes and I've certainly found whenever I've said no to work for a client or something similar the reaction's always been totally fine and a bit like how you helped me write that dating text what's your template for saying no to a client? So I have this actually get this quite a lot and to your point by the way I have there is one client in particular who asks me to do a lot more work than I actually end up doing for them and my blanket response to them always is thank you so much for thinking of me for this project but I'm afraid I have to pass because I'm fully booked right now and then depending on if I actually can or if I have the time to I will also I might say I'm happy to recommend someone else um and as I said, there is one client in particular who I have wheeled that line out so many times to, and yet they've they've not stopped offering me work. So it's um, it's definitely a no is not oh, doesn't have to be a hard no. Yes, and I guess when you do say yes, you'll be able to give it more dedication, so you're better you're better at delivering the work because that's the other thing is that again you have to realise if you're saying yes to everything, you're spreading yourself too thin and you're not doing a good job, and so actually just say no. Yep, exactly. I mean, all of this comes, I mean, all of these examples that we've just used, I think the common thread that ties them all together is that you just need to clearly communicate your reasons for saying no and just reframe it so that other person understands that you're currently working on other priorities. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not completely closing the door. It's just, it's just drawing that line. So there you go. You have our permission. Go out and say no, because really you're saying yes when you say no. And have a great working day. Bye.